It's Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods. Federal disaster aid for this storm. Yeah, he would actually declare this uh, Wyoming a disaster area, which you could for. Why isn't California declared a disaster area? That's another story. Mark Gordon, our governor, Department of Agriculture, he called them, urged Wyoming livestock producers to take action, the story says, preparing for winter weather, even as they recover from the previous storms, according to a news release on Monday. The state will probably ask for federal assistance due to livestock losses, which they're just expecting. Quote, we are aware of the cumulative impacts of this winter, as brought to our ag producers, Gordon said in a press release. So the uh, winter season for this entire winter, starting last year into this year, has been hard for Wyoming, according to the news release. Winter started early, the news release says, and has resulted in significant snow levels and considerable drifting. Ongoing windy conditions and drifting snow hampers efforts to reach livestock. The mortality has been high so far and is expected to increase well into the spring as a result of this winter. State officials working with the U.S. Department of Agriculture and Farm Security Services to determine losses to the impact over this long period of time and assessing right now. Information from these agencies and producers will be used to submit for a disaster designation. State officials are urging everyone to contact local farm service agencies as soon as possible if you require any kind of help. USDA uh, secretarial disaster designation must be uh, requested by the Secretary of Agriculture, and it goes into the details on that. So, okay. Once again, there is the governor ready to declare a state of emergency and disaster relief for agricultural interests, especially for those people who have livestock out there. And, yeah, it has been a long haul for them throughout the winter. So what's coming is not helpful. I will say we need the wet out there. Definitely we need the wet out there. But, wow, it's coming hard this year, isn't it? Yeah, okay, so... I-80 is closed. Duh. Yeah, <clears throat> you didn't need me to tell you that. From Cheyenne all the way to Rawlins. And it's it not really... Yeah, there's snow drifting out there and so on. But it's mainly just winds. From Rawlins westward after that, it gets better. Now, I-25, all of it, severe blowover risk. And again, you didn't need me to tell you that. If you're going east of I-25, you're in a better situation anyway, not to say it's nice out there. By the way, uh, forget money gap. Don't even do that. Uh, to those people in Rock River, Medicine Bow, and Hannah, I guess you've been stuck at home for a while because there's no way in and out of where you are. Now, for those people in Casper or Shoshone, you know that 2026 is closed between the two, right? Okay. So that's where we're at right now. And again, the storm really hasn't even gotten here yet. I do feel picked on as the state of Wyoming. In fact, I'm going to go. There's an app slash um, website. You can use either way, which is called Windy. And Windy doesn't just give you the numbers on what wind and clouds and other such weather conditions are doing. 
in real time, but it shows you. There's always visual representations so you can get an idea of what the weather's doing. So if I look at the wind motion, which is a color-coded map, but also shows these moving lines to show me where the wind's moving and how, and in wind speed, et cetera, et cetera. Okay, well, taking a look at it, it's just Wyoming that's having these severe wind problems. Out of the entire United States of America, it's just Wyoming that's having these serious wind problems. And frankly, I feel picked on. Now, the winds currently are felt. Gillette is in it, but Gillette, you don't have the worst of it. All the way down to Cheyenne, but Cheyenne, you don't have the worst of it. And then it goes from, let's say, Wheatland and Wright, and it moves westward yeah, let's go all the way over to about su- north of Superior, Wyoming. Okay. There's, yeah, which is west, uh, quite a bit west of Rollins. There's a big bubble area in there with high winds throughout the area. So if we were to go, let's take Glen Rock, right? We'll head north and Rolling Hills. We'll head north of there. There's an area which the winds are, sustained winds are, well over 40 miles an hour. And then if I were to hit wind gusts on this, for those who do it in knots, it's uh, gusting over 55 knots, which you're in like the 60-mile-an-hour range. And there are some... Oh, in fact, I got... Somebody sent me earlier this morning... I'm forgetting which town he was in, but somebody who showed like 58-mile-an-hour winds where he is. So... Yeah, it's it's pretty bad out there this morning, and so I wonder how much we'll get closed down, how soon, because of all of this. So, okay, that's what we're dealing with right now. I will keep you up to date throughout the morning because the wind actually throughout the day slowly starts to calm down. But the more the wind calms down, the more that weather front involving all of the snow and bitter cold moves in. And that's what we're going to be dealing with today and tomorrow as well. And as Don Day said in his forecast, this all leaves really fast. All of this comes in real fast like it is now, hits us overnight, so uh, Tuesday night into Wednesday, really nails us. And then we wake up tomorrow, let's say uh, on Wednesday, just buried in snow, really bitterly cold. That hangs out for about a day, and then it blows out of here. And blowing out of here is piles of snow again, as you know, more road closures. So this is your last chance. No, I, no, no, I don't mean doomsday. You're not dead. I mean your last chance is did you go to the store? Did you get what you needed? Okay. Good idea to do that today early. We'll keep you posted. 615, wake up Wyoming. Next time on one new case of measles, Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods, live on AM 1030 and the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app. Time is 619 to Wake Up Wyoming. Yeah, it's windy out there. And again, if a Wyoming radio host is saying it's really windy out there, then it's really windy out there. Part of just what's coming in as that system comes moving in, we'll keep you up to date on it. Okay, here's something that's just going to aggravate you today. And I'm sorry to start you with something that's just going to aggravate you, but let's just go ahead and get this out of the way. Uh, An Arizona teacher claims her credentials 
means that she outranks parents. Yeah, the story says before women's lib, teachers were often the best and the brightest women in a college class because teaching was one of the few career options for them at the time. Since women's lib, women who achieve academically usually choose majors other than teaching. Teachers today tend to fall into a couple of categories. A small number of men and women, usually conservative with a real passion for education, and insecure narcissistic people who struggle academically and look for, to a room full of helpless children to validate their ideology. Uh, Alicia Messing, an Arizona educator, definitely, he writes, falls into the second category. Messing came to our attention because she testified before the Arizona Senate Education Committee to protest Arizona Bill SB 1700, which will amend Arizona's existing education laws to give parents the right to review and through a defined procedure, seek to remove inappropriate books from libraries and classrooms, especially books that promote non-traditional sexual and gender roles or the normalization of pedophilia. Incidentally, the story says, as little as 20 years ago, this kind of thing went without saying. Now, thanks to the ultra-left incursion on education, it's a fight. He writes, and in on the front line of the battle to preserve teachers' rights to intimidate children with inappropriate materials stands Alicia Messing, proud holder of a master's degree in education. Messing believes that this degree gives her superpowers that raise her to a degree of enlightenment that in her own mind must go unchallenged, especially by those brutish troglodytes known as parents. She didn't say that exactly, but this is the idea. Let's see, she's uh, tweeting here. I have a master's degree. We all have advanced degrees. What have parents got? Are we vetting our background, the backgrounds of parents? Yeah, okay, so if you're the parent, remember now, this teacher has a master's degree. Therefore, she knows more than you, the parent. Let me read that again. I have a master's degree. Well, this is what she said in front of the class or in front of the uh, – I wonder if I can play this rather than – I'll see how this sounds on the air. I have a master's degree because when I got certified, I was told I had to have a master's degree to be an Arizona certified teacher. We all have advanced degrees. What do the parents have? Are we vetting the backgrounds of our parents? Are we allowing the parents to choose the curriculum and the books that our children are going to read? I think that it's a mistake. I'm just speaking from the heart. Um, the one line that I love is, uh, we must remember that the purpose of public education is not to teach only what parents want their children to be taught. It is to teach them what society needs them to be taught. We oh, wow. And does that sound like a Karen to you? Yeah, okay. Um, so this author says, wow, the arrogance and that overriding almost religious reverence to credentialism, it's breathtaking. That woman lives on your money and hates you for it. This author says the woman and all of those like her no longer long-term commitments to the children who pass through the classroom, not like parents do. See, that teacher there that was just speaking, she's got your kid for a semester or two. 
you know, a school year. Depending on what, what grade level or whatever she's teaching at, she might have it for a school year or maybe just a semester. And then they're gone. You as the parent, however, are with your kid for how long? Yeah, this is like a lifelong commitment here, right? This author says they have them for a quarter of a semester a year and then... Having poisoned the child's mind, they're done. Parents, on the other hand, have a lifelong commitment to their children. They love them and work daily to help their children to grow into happy, productive, self-sufficient people. That means the hard grunt work of raising a child is, in fact, the parent. So the parent may not have a degree, but the parent has how much experience in being a parent with that kid, for that kid. So who's really qualified here? This is why I agree with the author when he talks about when he says this credentialism. Well, because I have a master's degree, I know more. But have you done it? Have you spent, really, how much time have you spent with my kid? Then how do you know? You don't. I've been raising this kid since it came out of the womb. I know my kid. I deal with this kid every single day. And not just for an hour or two in the classroom, but all throughout the day, all throughout the weekend, year after year. Story says, for generations, American parents entrusted their children to a public school system because they believe the schools would teach their children the reading, writing, arithmetic needed to function in the modern world. The civics that would allow them to be good citizens and the attention to studies, history, literature, art, music languages that would enable them to become well-rounded people. For the most part, until the 1960s hit, uh, that world went mad after that. Schools taught this curriculum, with some schools doing a better job than others. This all ended in the 1960s, he says. First, as noted, women being uh, began to have a greater career opportunity. So again, the top tier of women went off to careers. As for – well, this is what we're stuck with, what the, the Karen, basically, that you just heard there. As for credentialism, he says, the two best attacks on credentialism emerged from Hollywood, of all places, in the 1980s. The first class between Rodney Dangerfield and a business professor in Back to School. Oh, I remember that. Oh, do you, do you, do you remember that from the movie there? Oh, yeah. Some people – We've got a lot to cover, and time is short. There are two kinds of people in business today, the quick and the dead. So rather than waste your time this semester with a lot of useless theories, we're going to jump right in with both feet and create a fictional company from the ground up. We'll construct our physical plant. We'll set up an efficient administrative and executive structure then we'll manufacture our product and market it. I think you'll find it very interesting and a lot of fun. So let's start by looking at construction costs of our new factory. Uh, what's the product? That is immaterial for the purposes of our discussion here. But if it makes you happy, let's say we're making tape recorders. Tape recorders? Are you kidding? The Japs will kill us on a labor course. Okay, fine then let's just say they're widgets. What's a widget? It's a fictional product. It doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Tell that to the bank, you know. Take it easy. Take it easy. It's the first day, you know. On the board. 
You will see a cost analysis for construction of a 30,000 square foot facility, which will encompass both factory and office space, and is fully serviced by all utilities, a railroad spur line, and a four-bay shipping dock. Hold on, hold on, why, Bill? Hey, you're better off leasing at a buck and a quarter, a buck and a half a square foot. See, I remember this from the movie here. What's happening is, here's a guy who's, it's Rodney Dangerfield, back to school. That was the name of the movie. He's already a successful businessman. This guy started college but dropped out, and he started a business because he had a family. And he became a very successful businessman. But now he wants to go back to school and finish his degree. And so here he is in a business school or a business class trying to learn. And here's a college professor who's teaching it but has never done it. So who's the expert in the room? The guy with the degree who's teaching it or the successful businessman who has done it and understands how business really works and therefore he's successful. Let's go back to our teacher then. So here's a teacher who says, well, I have a, a, a master's degree in teaching. What do parents have? Oh, nothing much. They're just with that kid from the moment it was conceived, birth changing diapers and spoon feeding it, teaching it to walk. I mean, every little thing every single day for many more hours every day than the teacher will get. But what is what is your qualification? What qualifications do they have? I would say life experience to that arrogant teacher. Coming up on 6.30, local news, pay attention to that weather forecast. We'll be back with you right after all of that. Wake up, my own. Six the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. I am Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. Get lots of comments on that for those just joining me. Get you up to speed on it. So I just played some audio. Really annoying voice to a teacher who's really a Karen, and she's up in front of a school board meeting in Arizona. Well, I have a master's degree. What qualifies these parents? Well, unlike you, they're not just with the kid for like an hour a day for a semester, and then they never see him again. Unlike you, these parents have been there with their kids from conception, by the way, yeah, all the way through the pregnancy, birth, diapers, spoon feeding, teaching a kid to eat, teaching a kid to walk, skin knees. This is a seven-day-a-week job. Nightmares. I mean, all of it. What qualifications do you have, teacher? And this is where... I. I really, I, look, I don't mind degrees. Degrees are a good thing. If you want to go and learn something, go get a degree. It's a great idea. But you really don't know a thing until you've done it. Lisa is in Cheyenne. I have, beyond a master's degree, that is just more indoctrinated. If you can read, you can keep learning. Many of our founders didn't have higher education but we're better educated. And that's where I responded to Lisa saying, no, really, it's perfectly fine, again, to go get a degree, but that's a starting point. 
Then you go out and learn it. So if somebody gets a master's degree in business but has never run a business, then they really don't know much about business. They have working head knowledge of it, but they really don't know business because they haven't done it. Jim and Casper, it seems like that is the modus operandi of the left-wing socialist movement, that they are better than everyone else, and thus we must tell everyone else how to live. Ruling elite and the poor peasants. And that's basically it. Again, uh, well, one of my favorites to pick on back when Barack Obama was president, because he had this elitist idea that he could run anything, do anything. He was always the smartest person in the room. When actually, whenever he walked into any room, it doesn't matter who was in there, he was the most naive person in the room. He had no idea how anything actually worked. Yet he was convinced he could run everything. That's the kind of ego that he had. But what he didn't have was any actual experience in it. I can actually point to our current president and say the same thing, who has spent – he got into politics, became a senator back in the early 70s. Yeah, back when Jimmy Carter became president, that's when our current president became president. And all he's ever done is politics. And yet he thinks he has this idea of how to run everything, but he's never done it. Let's go back to our college professors. Again, not putting down a degree. Degrees are good to get you started, to give you an idea of what you need to understand and learn and you know get your head into the game. But then you have to actually go out and do it. And that's when the real knowledge happens, when you get out there and do it. So many people graduate college with whatever degree in whatever top. And because they have their degree, they honestly think that they know it all and they're going to teach everybody else because they have their degree. Now, if they're really a smart person, if they're actually smart, then they'll get into whatever profession it is that they're going to teach. And they will quickly begin to realize that all the degree did was give them a head start at the company. But whatever it is they're going to be doing for a living, this is when the real learning begins. And you don't actually become a master of anything until you've done it for a while. And that includes a lot of failure, trying, failing, figuring out what you're doing wrong trying it again, beginning to learn all of the things that would come your way that would be unexpected are no longer unexpected. You know it's coming because been down that road before. There's the difference. So this arrogant Karen of a teacher who stood up, I have a master's degree. What do you parents have? If anything, I would love to do. Well, first off, I hope she was told off by a bunch of parents. The next thing is, if I were her boss, the principal at the school, I'm not sure what they have there as far as tenure, things like that. I'd get rid of her. Honestly, we don't need this. We don't need you. If that's your opinion toward parents and the kids, then you are nothing but poison in the classroom. And I would just get rid of her at that point. But that's that's why I'm not a principal, right? All right, so Don Day has an extended forecast every morning at 645 which you're about to hear. That extended forecast, well, not six forty. well, seconds from now. That extended forecast has not just the wind this morning, but the 
sub-zero temperatures and all the snow that's coming into your area. It's Wake Up Wyoming. This weather update talk. This is Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods on K2 Radio. Be part of the show at 888-97-WOODS. Six forty-eight is the time. Off we go to the icebox, Frank Gambino. Hey, look what the wind blew in. It's Frank Gambino. It's just really something. Did you see where the dumpster was this morning? No, where was it? Okay, well, as you're walking up the back ramp, oh, you walk through the front though, don't you? Well, no, I, I go through the back, oh, but not the back. over okay. on that side. Though. Well, uh, if you go up the ramp to the upstairs part of the building, the dumpster is not up against the ramp. It's up against the building across the alley. Oh. Yeah, and I decided not to try to move it back because what would be the point? Because it'll go right back to where it was. Exactly. Did that wake you up last night? Uh, I heard it all night. Yeah, okay. But I thought I slept pretty good. Yeah, I did too. I actually didn't mind it at all. But when I did wake up, I noticed that that gust factor, that's what really gets me. Every so often it would just slam against my house. So it's pretty wild out there right now. Yeah. For me to post a story... Boy, is it windy out there. For a radio show host in Wyoming to say, gosh, it's really windy, you know it has to really be windy. Well, what was the top gust? We're over like 70 miles an hour in some places. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. So, and that stays with us for, oh, and by the way, I took a look at, there's a website and app I use called Windy, which yeah. shows, it doesn't just give you the numbers for weather, it shows you how weather is moving. It's really interesting, very graphic. And I took a look at where all the heavy winds are, and they're all in Wyoming. The rest of the country, it's really pleasant. Yeah, well, that's the way it's been here for probably the yeah. last 10,000 years. This one spot right yeah, here. Yeah, yeah, that's what Wyoming has been for 10,000 yes. years. So I, well, okay, 10,000 years. Because I was wondering if it was just some, like, Indian hex. No, no, no. Yeah. It's, uh, it's probably even going back to the dinosaurs. Yes, it probably was, yeah. And the mountains, the way they're configured, doesn't help much either, because that's like putting a finger over the end of a garden hose. Right. Yeah. So that's the environment we live in. That, that is. Now, what the good news about that, for people who want to keep Wyoming's population small, this would do it. I have some neighbors, very nice people. They moved up from Alabama and moved in right next door to me. And I have a calendar going and predictions about how long it takes for them to just get sick of this and move back to Alabama. Well, now you know why that Wyoming is the lowest populated state uh, exactly in the lower 48. Right. Yeah, the wind nobody wants blew. to live here. Yeah, the wind just blew everybody out. If you're not deeply rooted, I do, I'm making this up right now. This is good, Frank. If you're not deeply rooted in Wyoming, it will blow you to the next state. Huh? Ah, ah you write that one down. Ah, that wasn't bad out there. Okay, folks, see? Men's college basketball at the Division One level. The Wyoming Cowboys will be at home to meet Utah State tonight in Larry. Cowboys are coming off a 75-69 home loss to Air Force last week that featured major offensive and defensive deficiencies. And they are 3-11 and Mountain West play and 8-18 and overall. Utah State is an NCAA tournament bubble team. The Aggies are 10-5 and in league play and 12-7 and overall. Utah State beat Wyoming by 20 earlier this year in Logan. 7 p.m. start tonight from Larrabee. We'll have that for you on K2 Radio in Casper and KCGY in Larrabee. Wyoming Cowgirls will host Nevada on Thursday in Laramie. UW coming off a nice 12-point road over San Diego State to improve to 11-5 in Mountain West play, 18-9 overall. Douglas High School grad Allison Furtig was named the Mountain West Conference Player of the Week for the second time this season. She averaged 22 points and 9 rebounds in the last two games against New Mexico and San Diego State and that 24 against New Mexico. Thursday's game against Nevada will start at 6.30 at the AA in Laramie. In 4A high school basketball from over the weekend, first on the boys' side on Friday, Thunder 
Thunder Basin over in Natrona, 52-47. Cheyenne Central dip Larrabee, 48-46. On Saturday, Cheyenne Central over Cheyenne South, 61-12. Natrona beat Campbell County, 54-35. Riverton over Kelly Walsh, 55-49. Kelly Walsh is scheduled to host Cody this afternoon at 3 p.m. On the 4A girls side from Friday, Thunder Basin over Natrona, 59-34. Cheyenne Central beat Larrabee, 74-69. On Saturday, Central over South, 78-57. Campbell County with two late free throws to beat Natrona, 54-53. Kelly Walsh in overtime over Riverton, 55-45. The KW girls scheduled to host Cody at 1, thir- 1 p.m. this afternoon. In high school wrestling, the state tournament will start on Thursday at the Fort Center in Casper. The girls will compete on Thursday and Friday, and the boys will go at it on Friday and Saturday. In the regional tournaments held over the weekend, in the 4A West boys, Natrona took first, Kelly Walsh third, Larrabee fifth, and the 4A boys East, Cheyenne East was third, Central fourth, and South fifth. In the 3A boys East, Burns Pine Bluffs took sixth, and the 2A East, Glenrock took fourth. And the indoor track circuit for the Prepsters, the big Simplock games were held over the weekend in Pocatello, Idaho, and the Wyoming contingent had a few champions. The Cheyenne East 4x800 relay team took first, Cheyenne Central Sydney Morell took the gold in the girls' 1600-meter run, Sheridan's Addie Pendergast placed first in the 400, and Sheridan's Nora Butler won the girls' shot put. On the boys' side, Colby Jenks of Pinedale took the 800. There were over 2,000 athletes from 20 states competing in this year's Simplot Games at Idaho State University. That's it in sports. 2,000? Two, yeah. It, it, wow. plus, plus Canada and Australia, I guess. Got enough hotel rooms for all of that? I, they all found a way. Okay, I guess so. That's a that's like having the Olympics show up there. That's Pretty much, huge. Yeah. And that must take a long, long time to plan all of that, too. Not only plan it and put it together and yeah. you know get everyone there and compete. You know, they they did it. Okay. Awesome. And they've I'm, been doing it. It's been 43 years they've geez. had that tournament. Yeah. Impressive. All right. Beat. Thank you, Frank. Mm-hmm. Coming up on some local business, we have to take care of news time, national, local. Update on that weather forecast. Really important. Then you and I get back into it again. So wake up, Wyoming. It is a Tuesday, and in case you hadn't noticed, kind of windy out there for pretty much everybody in Wyoming. And by the way, only the state of Wyoming has this much wind. Everybody else, kind of nice out there. Warning. We're sorry, but due to winter conditions, Wyoming is closed. If you are interested in winter recreation or just passing through, we just can't help you right now. Honestly, we're okay with it. Y'all are crazy out there, and we needed a break. It's Hold. All right, let's take a look at what's going on here. A lot of roads, of course, already closed before the winter storm gets here, and that's just because of the wind. Good chunk of I-80, about half of I-80 is closed. The rest of it, it's open, but they'd rather you were not on it. So if you're from Cheyenne to Rawlins, forget it. Rock River, Medicine Bow, Hannah, they've been stuck at home for quite a while. Uh, anyone wanting to go through the Muddy Gap area, not happening. Also, all of I-25 is white-knuckle driving. You can drive it, 
but it's white knuckle driving because of all the wind. Other places, you're getting some wind. You're probably going, damn, but it's not as bad as the places I just mentioned. Wind gust can be over 65 miles an hour in some places. Now, that does not feel as bad. If we were to take this down to a lower level, like uh, sea level, a 65 or greater mile an hour gust is doing serious damage. There's more air pressure at sea level, therefore much more damage is done. So be glad this is all happening way up here at a higher altitude. Now, you just heard your forecast on your local station from Don Day. In the last hour, I read that Governor Gordon is standing by ready, if necessary, for stock growers to issue a state of emergency. It would get him emergency funds from the federal government because a lot of livestock out there has been suffering greatly over what's been a, a pretty tough winter as winters go. If I get here in the morning, which I did a little after two this morning, and I started writing an article for you guys, which you can see on the Wake Up Wyoming site that shows you what the winds are doing. And I'm saying first thing in the morning, wow, it's really windy out there. If a Wyoming radio host is going, wow, that wind, it's windy. To give you an idea of how windy, we have a dumpster here at our radio studios. It's not a wimpy dumpster. It's a pretty good size one. And it blew across the parking lot. So gives you an idea of how bad that can be. All right. So I last hour of the program, I'm going to continue something I was talking about last hour because of the reaction that I'm getting to this. Now, what I'm about to play for you is going to be annoying. I'm sorry. This is a real Karen speaking here, and she's a teacher. She's in Arizona, and she's upset that Arizona wants to pass a bill that would give more power to the parents as to what is taught in the classroom. So this teacher gets up in front of the state legislative body to give her opinion. I have a master's degree because when I got certified, I was told I had to have a master's degree to be an Arizona certified teacher. We all have advanced degrees. What do the parents have? Are we vetting the backgrounds of our parents? Are we allowing the parents to choose the curriculum and the books that our children are going to read? I think that it's a mistake. I'm just speaking from the heart. Um, the one line that I love is uh, we must remember that the purpose of public education is not to teach only what parents want their children to be taught. It is to teach them what society needs them to be taught. We okay, so there's your Karen teacher. What qualifications do your parents have? Well, okay, this is what I was pointing out last hour. Let me see. Parents were there at conception. Gosh, that's kind of important, isn't it? Then they had to go through the whole pregnancy thing. I know the woman mostly, but the man has to be there for her. And then the baby's born. Well, ladies, that's got to hurt. And then once the baby's born, it's sleepless nights and diaper changing and spoon feeding and teaching a kid to walk and talk and skin knees and how to ride a bike. And it's a seven-day-a-week job. Going to the kid's bedroom for nightmares. I mean, on and on this goes, right? What qualifications do the parents have? I'd say a hell of a lot more than that master's degree. And that's where we got onto this discussion of, I'm not saying a degree isn't important. They are. But what's even more important is experience any day. And if I were to hire someone for a job, and here's someone who has a master's degree in whatever that job is, but over here is somebody who has 
let's say, a decade or more experience successfully doing the job, I think you can see which one that I'm going to see as more qualified, obviously. Degrees certainly do help, but then you got to do. And there's the difference. That teacher was an arrogant Karen at that point. And I would rather not have a person like that in the classroom because she doesn't think the parents are qualified. Okay, I came across this. The And this just popped up in front of me while I was looking for something else. The Dunning-Kruger effect, a type of cognitive bias where people with little experience or ability assume they have superior expertise or ability. This overestimation occurs as a result of the fact that they don't have enough knowledge to know that they don't have enough knowledge. Now, some of the other people that have been sending me notes here, see Cyberpoke from Paul Harvey's Were I the Devil, I would encourage schools to refine youth intellects but neglect to discipline emotions. I would let those run wild. Doug and Cheyenne. There's a lot of people out there that have one year's experience repeated 40 times. No, nothing about nothing. Jim and Casper, especially in higher education, those who can do and those who can't teach. Not always, but mostly. I have found that out. In fact, here's a story that I often tell. When I was trying to go to college, right, I wound up in a speech day. We have to take speech class, right? And I'm not saying this to be mean. I'm just being honest. Here's the speech teacher who was the, about the worst public speaker that I had ever seen in my life. When she would get up to lecture the class, she was horrible. I've never seen such a bad public speaker. And again, I'm not being mean. I'm just being honest with you. I dropped the class. This woman doesn't know. I was already doing radio, getting paid to do it. I was doing stand-up comedy on the side to learn how to do that. When I was a kid, even, I was on stage at a local playhouse every single season. I was always in front of crowds, and I learned how to do it from people who did it for a living. And then I went to this college speech class, and I'm listening to a professor trying to teach us how to be public speakers. And I'm watching her going, you don't know how to do this, do you? In fact, I remember when I first got into this profession that I'm in, I had uh, bosses that said, I would hire a year's experience in radio over a degree in broadcasting any day. Now, again, I'm not putting down going to college. But here is this. It, it gives you an advantage. It does. If you have a good college that's actually teaching you what you need to know in a certain chosen profession, it can definitely be an advantage. But you don't walk out of there thinking, I know more than everybody else because I have a degree. I know more than you because I have a degree and you don't. Well, I have more experience than you. That tops your degree any day of the week. Let's get back to the teacher real quick. That teacher honestly thinks she's more qualified than the parents of those kids. Now, how often does she get to see each one of those kids? Yeah, about an hour a day for a semester, and then they're gone. But she thinks she's more qualified to teach that kid than the parent that's been there since the very beginning. 7.15, wake up Wyoming. On the air. Sorry, but we had a budget. Join the conversation at 888-97-Woods. This is K2 Radio. 
720 is the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. Yeah, if Lisa's still on the phone, I can go ahead and take that call. 888 Woods, the phone number, by the way, 888-97-W-O-O-D-S. Since I was talking about teachers, and I'm not picking on all teachers everywhere, because there are some really good teachers out there, even people who inspired me when I was growing up. I, met, I had some really good teachers when I was going through school as a young pup, and some really lousy ones, too. Lisa's on the phone. Morning, Lisa. Good morning. Yes. Yes. I'm here to visit with you about our upcoming bowl for Jason's Oh, okay. That, Lisa. I that was Lisa. thinking, you know, as, as she, uh, Miss, I, I blew it. Miss Mary's going to give me hell for it. I, <laughs> I was thinking since I was on a topic, Lisa is a woman who was sending me notes from Cheyenne about the topic. And then I thought, oh, no, 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 this is Lisa with Jason's friends who wants to talk about the bowling thing. That's a different Lisa altogether. Okay, so this is an upcoming bowling event. I always have to do this with you. Jason's friends is what? Well, we are an organization that began back in 1995 following the passing of our son, Jason. Jason was diagnosed in early 1995 with a brainstem tumor. And we started our journey in Denver and ended up going to New York City. And sadly, in November of 1995, Jason passed away. And it was following his passing that really other people were looking at what we went through with him and the miles that we had to travel and the financial difficulties and, you know, just decided we needed to do something in Jason's memory to help other Wyoming families that are going through similar journeys. Okay. So So Jason's friends began. You, of course, always have volunteers and people who help donate money, but you have one big fundraiser every single year, and that's when people go bowling. Now, you're going to do this, I think, in more than just one location this year, right? That is correct. This year, we are celebrating our 25th annual Bowl for Jason's Friends event. Um, That is happening in Casper on Saturday, March 4th. And yes, new this year, we're also doing a Bowl for Jason's Friends event in Gillette at Camel Lanes on the same day. Okay. So we're encouraging people to form those five-person teams and uh, get in touch with Jason's friends, get packets for your teams, get signed up for a bowling time. You only bowl for about an hour that day. And yes, it is a fundraiser, so we're encouraging people to gather donations and uh, come in and help our cause, help our fellow Wyomingites that have kids with cancer, brain tumors, spinal cord tumors. Um, and come out and bowl for about an hour for Jason's friends. Now, if I am not able to attend, but I want to help, what do I do? We've got a thing called Phantom Bowling. And so you can go to jasonsfriends.org, get on our page, learn a little bit more about what Jason's Friends does about our event. But you can become a Phantom Bowler and still collect pledges and still be eligible for our very special 25th anniversary T-shirt that we're doing this year. Anyone that collects $100 or more and donations will be eligible for that. Um, and also new this year, Glenn, we're doing, um, at the end of the evening, we're going to invite all the top fundraisers of the day back, and really everyone else is invited back, uh, to watch a special bowl down and then to enjoy a after party to kind of help us celebrate our 25th annual. We're going to have live music from local musician Brett Andrew, and there's going to be a bunch of Cash prizes that have been sponsored by Blueprint Energy Partners and Bionic Energy um, for the winners of the bowl down and actually just for attendees of the after party. So 
kind of new this year. It's going to be fun. Okay, so let's get them there once again. For those who want to attend in both Casper and Gillette, they go where, when? In Casper, they go to our website, jasonsfriends.org, to get all signed up. The event itself will take place at El Marco Lanes in Casper and at Camel Lanes in Gillette. And uh, and just really a great, great big volunteer effort and a way to come out and help the 155 Wyoming families that we currently have enrolled in our program. Okay. Thank you for coming on, Lisa. I appreciate what you're doing. Okay. Glad I was the right Lisa. Yeah, I'm sorry. I, you know, I was just moments ago <laughs> talking to Lisa online about the topic that I had on the air. So when you popped up, you know, duh. <laughs> so. Well, another great topic and appreciate the support from Town Square. Look forward to seeing you hopefully, Glenn, on Saturday, March 4th. And, you know, thank you to El Marco for hosting us all these many years yeah. and to our many volunteers and, of course, to all the bowlers that are going to okay. come out that well, day and, and to everyone that's donating. On a real serious note, for what you guys do, I've rarely ever seen an organization that does what you guys do. Here's a family in literally crisis mode and in most cases can't afford all of this. And yet, you know, we have volunteers and folks like you who are making sure that everything's taken care of so they can get through probably the toughest time in not just a person's life but the family's life as well. So thank you for all that you're doing. Well, and really everything, Glenn. I mean, we're there from the very beginning with these families, and we're with them for the long haul. We get them where they need to go for treatment, but cover things back home in Wyoming. House payments, rent payments, utility payments, car payments. You know, really the whole gamut to ease the financial burden and let them concentrate on their sick child. All right. Thank you, Lisa. Stay warm. appreciate it. All right. Stay warm out there. Yeah. yeah, the, the, Jason's friend, go online, look them up, and this is definitely worth supporting because, as she said, they take care of everything when a family is in crisis mode like this. Dave is in Torrington. He sends me a note over the app. Hi, Glenn. Could you do me a favor? I am really hoping Don Day could be wrong just this once this winter. Could you ask him to be wrong about this storm? I appreciate it. Okay. Uh, Dave, I will pass that on. By the way, Dave... I, when we talk about the Dave that the one Dave I hang up on, I don't mean you. There's a lot of Daves out there, a lot of great Daves out there. My brother, I had a brother named Dave. So uh, we don't pick on every Dave everywhere. Just the one guy from San Francisco. You're cool. You're all good with us. Okay. I will actually pass on your note to Don Day when he comes on, which, by the way, 745 is when I have Mon. So... Let me switch gears real quick, and I'll go ahead. I'm going to call up YDOT, for example. Also, whether you're using your phone or whether you're using a uh, computer, just regular desktop, whatever, there's an app and website called Windy. Now, if you click on it, yeah, I love this place. It gives you a visual of what the weather is doing. And so I'm looking at the wind itself. And really, the only wind spot in the entire United States of America is Wyoming. There is one little dot around, let's see, it's just to the west of Idaho Falls. Other than that, the only windy area in the entire United States is over Wyoming. Now, that's not all of Wyoming. If you're in places like Warland, Thermopolis, Basin, Shoshone, Pavilion, Lander, Dubois, places like that. Buffalo, Sheridan, you're sitting there going, what wind? Hey, Newcastle, what's your deal? 
Well, maybe Newcastle, you might end up getting all of this because it's sort of moving your way. Sundance isn't doing too bad. Gillette and Moorcroft, you're sort of on the edge of the wind out there. But boy, there's some heavy stuff. Some people are getting gusts like 70 miles an hour. Yeah, and I'm going to talk to Don Day about this at 745 and get you ready for what's coming your way later on this afternoon as a big weather front moves into our area and kind of takes over for a day or so. This is going to be a heavy one, but we'll get you up to date. Keep the Wake of Wyoming app with you. It's free to download at your app store, and you can go ahead and turn on the alerts. If you want the alerts, you can turn on the alerts. And when something is happening with roads, weather, whatever news might be happening, we go ahead and send that alert to you over the Wake Up Wyoming app if you choose to turn on that feature. It's all free, by the way. And, of course, stay with your local radio stations that carry this program. 7.30, local news, weather forecasts. It's Wake Up Wyoming. Here, not at you. Be part of the show at 888-97-WOODS. This is Wake Up Wyoming on K2 Radio. Seven thirty-six. The time. Wake up, Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. Okay, gonna get everybody up to speed because we got a weather front moving in on what's happening right now. And yeah, there are some places when I mention how windy it is, you're saying wind? What wind? But a good part of the state is under a serious wind warning right now. So when a Wyoming radio host wakes up and goes, "Damn, it's windy," then you know. It's by even by Wyoming standards, pretty damn windy in some areas. It's we got some good stuff going out there, which is why from Cheyenne to Rawlins, I 80s closed. Of course, it is Rock River, Medicine Bow, Hannah. They've been stuck home for a while, they still are. There's no getting in and out of there on any road. Um, if you want to go up and through the Muddy Gap area, forget it. If you're in Casper, between Casper and Shoshone. Closed. That's 2026. Closed. I-25, white knuckle driving the whole way. They would rather you just didn't. Oh, by the way, I-80, you can get to, you can't get its closed from Cheyenne to Rawlins. After Rawlins, it's like I-25. It, it's open, but they would rather you didn't, especially when it comes to high-profile vehicles. A lot of highways are closed to those high-profile. You'll see semi-trucks. You truck drivers out there parked all over the place because they just can't get out right now. Temperature-wise, we're not bad. People are mainly in, like, upper 30s, 40s, temperatures like that. Doesn't feel that way, though, does it? You step outside and you get that blast of wind, which is, this is average. I'm going to give you an average. You're about a 30-mile-an-hour wind or a little bit greater, and you're gusting to about 60 miles an hour. Now, that's average because some places are higher than that for those areas that are in the heavy winds. All right, now, that starts to peter out as the day goes on, but as we get later into the day, here comes the snow, here comes the cold, and that's where it could get really serious in some areas, especially because overnight we're going to have temperatures sub-zero, and the amount of snow, (laughs) and that's why the governor is got his hand hovering over the button to declare a state of emergency so we can get some federal funds because stock growers out there 
are really struggling. This past winter has been rough on them. And this storm is yet just another wave, which has given them a whole lot of problems. All right, Don Day is coming up at 745 Live. He and I are going to talk about all this. Dave and Torrington, I'll pass your message on because I think it's a good one. Right now, though, our man in Cheyenne, Doug Randall, with your legislative update on Wake Up Wyoming. This day with Glenn Woods. Did you just hit the snooze? Really? This is AM 1030 K2 Radio. 745 is the time. Let's see. A message from Dave in Torrington. Hi, Glenn. Could you do me a favor? I'm really hoping Don Day could be wrong just this once this winter. Uh, Could you ask him to be wrong about this storm? Appreciate it, Dave in Torrington. What do you think, Don? Do him a solid? Sure, sure. Okay, sure, yeah. Okay. Why not? Um, why not? Yeah, he's wrong. Okay, good. Let's go on with our day then. I woke up this morning with, I mean, if I am saying, wow, it's really windy out there, and you are, it's really windy out there. Yeah, the especially the central and south, south central counties of the state. Just a wind machine, basically. You know, you take a look at winds along I-25, but also uh, I-90 has been dealing with a lot of wind, and that's caused some problems. And, of course, we still have uh, lots of problems with high winds in I-80, um, and that'll be the case for a good part of the day today. So okay. as the front approaches and comes south out of Montana, a good another six to nine hours of high winds coming our way. Okay, now let's talk about when the temperatures start to drop and the snow starts to arrive. Because right now, if it weren't for the winds, temperatures would be comfortable. Well, they are going to be actually comfortable because these are Chinook winds. So yeah. temperatures for a good part of the day really aren't going to be bad. So in terms of when to expect the front, it all depends on where you live and where you're listening. Um, obviously, if you're listening up north, you're going to be feeling, feeling the Arctic air move in this afternoon for places like Sheridan and Buffalo and Midwest and KC and then over to Gillette and Sundance and then into the Bighorn Basin. Casper is probably going to start to see temperatures become steady than falling by mid to late afternoon. Um, when the Arctic front really is going to move the quickest will be after sundown. Once we lose that daytime heating, um, the Arctic air will accelerate. So as we get to five, six o'clock or so, we'll really see it accelerate getting down to the Cheyenne area, the southeast corner of the state towards that evening time frame. And then overnight, the Arctic air overspreads the entire state. And uh, it always is last to get into the western basins and valleys because it's got a lot of terrain to get through or to get over. Um, But boy, will it ever. It looks like this Arctic front is going to push into parts of western Fremont and Natrona and Sweetwater counties causing really strong wind gusts as the Arctic front goes through. So um, it really goes south mid to late afternoon up north late afternoon central, evening overnight in the south. Okay, let's talk snow amounts because that's something that I've kind of had a tough time gauging as to, I know everybody's going to get a little bit different, but what snow level are we talking here? Five to ten inches, I think, will cover just about everybody. Uh, There's really nowhere in the state that's going to escape snow. Uh, So everyone's going to be getting some snow. The most average snow total is going to fit in that range. However, I do see some areas 8 to 12, 12 to 15 as certainly a possibility. There will be pockets uh, in Carbon County um, near the higher terrain that could go 12, 24 or more. 
are mm. um, and in, in the same areas that have been just pummeled all winter. You get over to South Pass, you get into that lander area, you know, getting a foot or more is going to be a real possibility. I could see upwards to a foot or more right along the foothills of the Bighorn Mountains as well. Mm. So everybody gets into it. It's like Oprah, you know, when she yeah. gave out the cars. <laughs> everybody gets yeah. So what about uh, places like Casper Mountain, for example? Well, Casper Mountain, a, a foot. Yeah, okay. Yeah. You know, a, a foot, you know, at the base and, and the top of Casper Mountain could certainly be more than that. Right. I mean, the, the immediate Casper area could see up to 14. Wow. Okay. Chet and Yoder wants to know when you're bailing to the Virgin Islands. How do you know I'm not there now? Yeah, exactly right. Yeah, so we don't. No, I just <laughs> clicked this button and there, Donna. All right, Donna, I will be paying close attention to all of this and be in touch with you during the course of it, too. I might, if it's okay, I might have some questions as this moves in later on, like tonight. I'll be available. Okay, thank you, Don. I'll be having a Mai Tai. Exactly, exactly with your toes in the sand. Thank you, Don. Don Day with Dave. Well, we're just waiting for him to bail on us. I'm sure we are. But, Don, like you said, how do you know he hasn't already? All right. Off we go to the icebox. Frank Gambino. Frank, uh, this is really going to screw up some travel plans. No, well, some... no, you know what? No, what yeah. do the roads look like now? Okay, now they're good. Now, okay, if people so... want to get to these events, now's the... But here's the deal. Some of these highways, like I-25, for example, are closed to high-profile vehicles right now. You, you know what? You know what is not yeah. a high-profile vehicle? Uh, a school bus. Yeah, I think it is. No, it is not. It's not. It is not. Looks it is high not profile. tall enough. Oh, really? And uh, it's okay. not tall enough, and it is heavier nose to tail. Okay. So a school bus is not a high profile vehicle. Okay. So okay. if you look at the if if the, we have the state wrestling tournament starting on Thursday, right? You know, so let's say the weather tomorrow is going to be bad. Yes. It will what be do bad. you think you people should be doing? Yeah, getting there now. Now. This is why I also was telling people, and I'll say it again. If you need to do anything, visit people, pick up food, whatever, now, as Don Day said, because for most people, this actually comes in through the evening. Right. If we wake up tomorrow morning going, hi. Yeah. <laughs> right. It's going to be cold for sure. It's just a matter of for whatever area the listener might be in is how high is the snow going to be. But everybody's going to be cold. Yeah. Men's college basketball at the Division I level. The Wyoming Cowboys will be at home to meet Utah State in Laramie. The Cowboys are coming off a 75-69 home loss to Air Force last week that featured major offensive and defensive deficiencies. They are 3-11 and in Mountain West Conference play, 8-18 and overall. Utah State is an NCAA tournament bubble team. The Aggies are 10-5 and in league play, 21-7 and overall. Utah State pounded Wyoming by 20 earlier this year in Logan. That will be a 7 p.m. start tonight from Laramie. We'll have that for you on K2 Radio and Casper and KCGY in Laramie. Wyoming Cowgirls will host Nevada on Thursday in Laramie. UW coming off a 12-point road win over San Diego State on Saturday to improve to 11-5 in Mountain West play, 18-9 overall. Douglas High School grad Allison Furtick was named the Mountain West Conference Player of the Week for the second time this season. She averaged 22 points and 9 rebounds in their last two games against New Mexico and San Diego State. Thursday's game against Nevada is a 6-30 start from the Arena Auditorium in Laramie. 4A high school basketball from over the weekend. First on the boys' side, first on Friday. 
Thunder Basin over Natrona 52-47. Cheyenne Central nip Laramie 48-46. On Saturday, Cheyenne Central over Cheyenne South 61-12. Natrona beat Campbell County 54-35. And Riverton defeated Kelly Walsh 55-49. Kelly Walsh is scheduled to host Cody this afternoon at 3 p.m. And on the 4A girls side on Friday, Thunder Basin over Natrona 59-34. Cheyenne Central beat Laramie 74-69. On Saturday, Central over South 78-57. Campbell County with two late free throws to beat Natrona 54-53. Kelly Walsh in overtime over Riverton 55-45. And KW is scheduled to host Cody at 1 o'clock this afternoon. In high school wrestling, the state tournament will start on Thursday at the Ford Center in Casper. The girls will compete on Thursday and Friday. The boys will go at it Friday and Saturday. The regional tournaments are held over the weekend. In the 4A West boys, Natrona took first. Kelly Walsh third. Laramie fifth. In the 4A boys East, Cheyenne East third. Central fourth and South fifth. In the 3A East, Burns Pine Bluffs took sixth. In the 2A East, Glen Rock took fourth. The indoor track circuit for the Preptors over the weekend was in uh, Pocatello, Idaho with the big Simplot Games. The Wyoming contingent had a few champions. The Cheyenne East 4x800 relay team took first. Cheyenne Central Sydney Morrell took the gold medal in the girls' 1600. Sheridan's Addie Pendergast placed first in the 400. Sheridan's Nora Butler won the shot put on the boys' side. Colby Jenks of Pinedale took the 800. There were over 2,000 athletes from 20 states competing this year at Idaho State University. And that's it in sports. Okay. Uh, be aware as all of this comes in tomorrow, too. I'll keep you posted on this. We should all be able to make it to work, but... <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> I'm know, holding I, the option. And I thought about this. I mean, would yeah. you rather... Be surprised when you wake up in the morning yes. and say, "This did, where did this come from and I got yeah. nine inches of snow? Oh. Or wait an entire day knowing that you're going to get nine inches of snow. Okay. So what would you rather do? Neither, actually. Neither. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, well, I'll, I'll talk to you in the next hour. I, for those people, I didn't mention it this hour anyway. I get to work. It's so windy out there. We have a big dumpster, big heavy dumpster, okay, blown across the parking lot. Yeah, just moved because of all that wind. It gives you an idea how bad it is here right now. All right, coming up on some local business we have to take care of. News time, national local, update on the weather forecast. We'll do open phones in the next hour. Triple eight ninety seven Woods, Wake Up, Wyoming. Sixth of time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. Triple Eight Ninety Seven Woods. The phone number that's eight 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 ninety seven W O O D S. First off, before I do the open phones disclaimer. Warning. We're sorry, but due to winter conditions, Wyoming is closed. If you are interested in winter recreation or just passing through, we just can't help you right now. Honestly, we're okay with it. Y'all are crazy out there, and we needed a break. It's cold. Not really all that cold yet, but wait till tomorrow and it will be there with lots of snow. It's mostly just the wind right now. Temperatures are up, yeah, upper 30s, you know, below 40s around the state. But with the winds that they are, and some of you might be listening to me, what wind? Yeah, well, a good chunk of the state is got winds gusting up to 70 miles an hour at, at its best. Other places gusting to 50 miles an hour and so on. But, I mean, it's really heavy out there and it has been for quite a while. 
It'll stay that way for a little while longer, start calming down. And then the winter weather, sub-zero temperatures, snow, all of that, and we'll keep you posted. So if you don't have the Wake Up Wyoming app, it's a good time to get it because we have alerts that will come out throughout this entire thing. Meantime, we reach the point in the pro, which I do this every day. I don't just do open phones like a lot of hosts do on Friday, every single day. Warning. Wake Up Wyoming is about to enter daily open phones. This means that anyone will be allowed to call in and talk about anything. I mean, imagine if we actually allowed you on air to say anything you wanted. Scary, right? Well, we're just that brand of crazy. If you are offended by what other people think, then maybe you want to tune out right about now. Just saying. If you should choose to call, just remember, the more funny and interesting you are, the longer Glenn will keep you on the line. Obnoxious jerks will be hung up on. <coughs> Dave, <coughs> all right, strap in and let's do this thing. 888-97 Woods, a phone number that's 888-97-W-O-O-D-S. Or like a lot of people do, if you have the Wake Up Wyoming app, free to download at your app store. When you touch the app, it opens up. There's a toolbar across the middle. One of the options is chat. Touch that and you're sending me text messages. Okay. All right, story I came across earlier this morning. Headline, and we've talked about this before, but I want to get into this. Because I do think it's always an interesting conversation. Headline, why can't grocery store checkouts be normal anymore? Well, what they consider to be normal is what they grew up with, with cashiers there. I thought of this because yesterday I was taking my own advice on the way home, swung by the grocery store, picked up a couple of things. The idea of picking up a couple of things was, hey, if we end up getting stuck in tomorrow, whatever the case, I have some... A stash of food at home, a stash of food here at work. I'm, I'm all good. I'm ready to go. And while I'm waiting on the self-checkout, I heard some people saying, it was faster when we had someone there checking us out for us. And I'm thinking, no, it really wasn't faster. Someone did it for you, and they were more efficient. But they were able to, for every one checkout lane, they would open up at least four, sometimes more, self-checkouts. And... Actually, people are getting pretty good at it. But let's take a look at the story because I always have a lot of misconceptions that I come across, I think, when people talk about self-checkout. The story says, I used to enjoy grocery store checkout time. Really? Because I never did. Anyway, for years, I'd put my groceries on the conveyor belt. A friendly cashier would say hello. We'd have a quick chit-chat, ringing items up at the time. Bagger would... uh, slide the food into the bags, and I was really stocking up. We could even push a cart out to the car. A couple of jokes with the guy helping out. Okay, so now, as with so many other aspects of life, pleasant little everyday experiences are vanishing, and it's vanishing for two reasons. The computerization replacement of checkout cashiers altogether and increasingly grading experiences with cashiers that do remain. Oh, okay. So the cashiers that do remain are not pleasant, this person is saying. All right. No human interaction means no more friendly banter jokes, no more recognizing someone when they recognize you. So in other words, this person liked the personal experience. Got it. Okay. Before I go on, let's go to Michelle and Casper about self-checkout. Morning. Good morning, but it's Michael. Michael, I'm sorry I said Michelle. Michael, hi, Michael. What you got for me? That's okay. Well, I think this self-checkout is BS. Okay. Um, what it is, 
is Walmart gets to save money. And uh, any stores who put them out there gets to save money. If they've got just a couple for people who have one or two items, I get that. Yeah. But when I go into Walmart and I got a basket full of crap and there's one cashier with a line stretched all the way through the back wall of the store, mm-hmm. that's BS. Right. It's, and, and I told the manager, I told Walmart manager, I said, look, if I have to use the self-checkout someday, well, I can't guarantee everything's going to get checked because yeah. I haven't gone through training, haven't had HR training, nothing. Mm-hmm. So besides HR training, I get, think I think you need to be insured as well, and you should be getting minimum wage. How about that? While you're there. <laughs> I yeah. think so, too. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I do like to go to, if I have a, it's rare that I have a cart full. If I do, I like to have a cashier help me out. But in most cases, since I'm a single guy, I'm carrying just a few items up, and I will go through a self-checkout really fast, and I have no problem with it whatsoever. Well, Dave, you need to come to our church. We got a good. We got a lot of single women. <laughs> <Okay. there. laughs> All right, thank you, Michael. I appreciate it. All right, well, let's take a look at this then. So, this person who writes this article misses the human experience, the banter, the jokes, stuff like that. I get that. Is she right? Yes, I'm aware that stores say they install touchscreen self-checkout because they can't find good enough workers. Okay, that is part of it. And I'm sure, uh, but even if it's true, I figured the store offered another buck an hour to prospective employees. They might have more applicants, maybe. And if they did, how much really would that push up grocery store costs? 1% or so? Okay. The alternative to computerized check-in or outs, of course, dealing with an actual human. But it's a lot different than the old days. Back in the old days, my typical checkout conversation was like this. You're back. Yep. Hi. How are you doing today? Oh, exciting. Then they would talk about the kids and et cetera, et cetera. Um, Even this person remembers tipping the bagger. Okay. So it's the personal experience that this person is missing more than anything else. Okay, so some people, I've seen this on uh, social media on occasion. Somebody will post that they don't use the self-checkout because, well, that's a job. Well, hang on. Well, you call somebody their job by doing self-checkout. We need jobs. Hang on, let's take a look at why we do this. Let's take a look at what the idea of a job really is. The purpose of a job is not busy work. The purpose of a job is production. Okay, So a person should, it's got to be a product or a service that is produced for us to consume. That's what a job does. Someone doing business or just busy work does not add to the economy. And remember what I've told you many times before. The economy is not money. The economy is not money. The economy is products and services. That's what the economy is. Money is just used to trade the economy. So we need as many people out there actually producing a product or providing a service that we need, like a repairman, something like that, people who cut our hair, you know, stuff like that, a product or a service. So there was a day, there was a time, I remember when I was a kid, first time I ever really watched someone checking out at the register. That was back in the days, remember when all the keys were those hard punch keys? Nothing was computerized. This is back when the cash register was mechanical, right? And the lady on the keypad, which was a long curved keypad, 
that kind of bowed over. There's a lot of keys on there. And this lady had to punch every single key. And I was watching this lady checking out everything my mom had in the grocery store. And this lady didn't even have to look at the keys. She was so well-trained, and she her hand was so fast. It was blinding. It was a blur. And yet she was extremely accurate. And then she had to be trained in how to take credit cards. Remember back then, a credit card was not something you swiped in the computer. Taking a credit card was as difficult as taking a check back in those days. It had to be done manually. Also, the people who took cash as well. So there was cash, credit cards, checks, right? And so the person at the register had to be trained in all of this. They also had to know what things were discounted, how to look up something that may have had a coupon for it, stuff like that. So these people had a skill. They were trained to be very efficient and keep that line moving. And we needed them. Today, because of computers, anybody can walk up and wave a few products over the scanner and then swipe their card and they're done. Piece of cake. Doesn't take any training. So what do we do with the people who are at the register? Make sure that they get jobs doing something productive. Because it's production that adds to the economy, not busy work. Production adds to the economy. The economy grows when we create things. If somebody's just doing busy work, then they're actually a drain on the economy. We want someone who's actually creating a product or a service that we need. So it's really helpful. That is what keeps prices so low at your grocery store and at Walmart. They can go ahead and take those people off the register line and put them off doing somewhere else, somewhere else doing something actually productive. And to give you an idea, when you take a look at your grocery stores and your Walmarts and Kmarts and so on, they're not using fewer employees. You would think that if they got rid of all these cashiers, that means they have less of a workforce. No. They just retrained those people and put them someplace where they were needed much more than on a register, which is actual production, which profits the company. So you see the difference for the company there. Yeah, yeah, you're doing it yourself. You're doing it manually. Although I will agree with this lady who wrote the article I do miss the interaction chatting with the cashier. 818 is the time. Wake up, Wyoming. Your travel network is live on AM 1030 K2 Radio and the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app. It's the time. Wake up, Wyoming. Okay, a couple of people are responding here off the Wake Up, Wyoming app. They're text messaging me. Just use the chat option. You can text me. And they're commenting on change. So, like, for example, my sister here in Lake Wills, Florida, remember when the cashier could count change? Greg and Cheyenne, another sign of maybe I'm getting old, having the cashier count back my change as opposed to giving me a handful of coins. I have run retail stores. And the last time I did, before I came to Wyoming, I got done home care of my dad, needed a job, grabbed a retail job. Had them all, all college kids working for me. And in every single case, when they took the job, I would ask them, when the electricity goes out, and it will, and we don't have a register, 
do you know how to calculate tax and write up a sale and take a credit card manually? None of them did. So I showed them. It's, it's more work intensive than having a computer, but I showed them how to do it. So when the electricity did go out, it always will at some point, we were the only store that was still doing business. And then I would ask them, and if somebody hands you cash, do you know how to count back change without the computer? None of them did. Now, today... If somebody, let's say, uh, we're buying something for $10.50, right, somebody is, and I'm handed a $20 bill. Well, the computer just tells me how much change you give them, right? So that's what they do. That's what the computer says. We'll give them that much. All right. County back change without of it. Well, okay, let's see what it is. It's um, $10.50, and they gave me a 20 Okay, so $10.50 and another 50 is $11. So there's 50, there's two quarters there, right? So I'm at $11. So then I take some ones, 12, 13, 14, 15. So now four ones. And if I give them a $5 bill on top of that, that's 20. So you see, I, I started at $10.50 and I started handing them money out of the drawer until I got to 20. There you go. That's counting back change without a computer. Works every time. And so many young people showing up to work for the first time didn't know that because you don't learn stuff like this in school anymore. So I had to show them how to do this, how to do it manually. As much as I embrace technology, I embrace computers, but I think it's always important to know how to do it manually should for some reason a computer shut down. Caleb is in Wheatland. Morning, Caleb. Oh, good morning. Um do me a favor, Caleb. I, I hate to interrupt you. I can barely understand your phone call. You are very muffled and distorted. Could you do us a favor and hang up and try back, and maybe we'll get you a, a better line? Sorry, I didn't. I hated to do that to Caleb, but I couldn't understand a word that he was saying. Maybe you could. I, I couldn't hear a thing. But I don't call the young people that are showing up to work like that stupid. I, don't, I never called them stupid. These were often very bright young people working for me. But these are things that they were just never shown. A lot of what I just told you, I learned in school. It was just part of learning in, in middle school, in fact. It was a teacher in the classroom who taught us, and here's how you write a check, and here's how you balance your checkbook, and here's how you count back change. I actually had a teacher in middle school in a classroom show us how to do these things, and it kind of stuck with me. And then later on, when I went to get my first job, which my sister dear in Lake Wills would tell you, same her, hers too, Dairy Queen, Sanibel Island, Florida. Uh, I didn't have to count back change then. I was in the back. But I was asked, so if you ever did wind up front, would you know how to do that? Yes, I do. I was very young at the time. I, 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 I learned, was that middle school yet? You know, I might have my dates flopped. I don't think that was middle school yet. I, re, I do remember being asked that, though. Later on in life when I got a job, and it was just a retail store at a mall, you know how to count back change? Yes, I do. Let's see. Larry and Casper, regarding checkouts, we all need to revolt by not using self-checkouts and demand that we have checkers scan our groceries because they do not pay us to scan our groceries. I've heard that argument before. But then again, Larry, do you pump your own gas? 
Do you, I bet you pump your own gas. Yeah, I don't mind using the self-checkout, Larry. I understand what you're saying, but I don't, I don't agree with you. I don't mind using a self-checkout because all I have to do is wave the item over the scanner. And I, so yesterday I showed up with a small basket of items. I waved them over the scanner, each one, dropped them into the bag, which is easy, and then I swiped my card. Boom, done. That was it. I don't mind doing that because anybody can do that. And that's why we have self-checkouts. And for that matter, why, Larry, you pump your own gas. It's so easy, anybody can do it. And, Larry, in a sense, I could make the argument that you do get paid, or at least you get a rebate, if you will. One of the things that helps keep the costs at your grocery store or wherever else you're shopping, low. Those costs are low because they don't have to pay for someone to stand there at the register doing something that you can do yourself. Uh, Red and Casper, I'll use send checkouts because I don't want to stand in line a half hour. I I do, yeah, I use self-checkouts also because I don't like standing in a long line. Most self-checkouts are actually pretty quick. I mean, really fast. 829, almost 830, local news, weather forecast. Caleb, if you get a chance, call back. I'd love to hear what you have to say. Wake up, Wyoming. You do with the Wake Up Wyoming app. Free download for Apple and Android. This is K2 Radio. Thanks to time. Wake up, Wyoming. All right, triple eight ninety seven Woods is the phone number. Caleb, if you're still out there, I'd still like to hear from you. He tried calling in for Wheatland, and the connection was so bad, I had to let him go. But I wanted to hear what he had to say. So triple eight ninety seven Woods is the phone number. And then people are texting me off the Wake Up Wyoming app. It, it's free to download at your app store. Just Wake Up Wyoming. There it is. And when you open it up, there's a toolbar right across the middle. You'll see chat. Tap that, and you can send me text messages, pictures, links, all sorts of things. All right. We can go back to any topic because it is open phones. Let me move on to something real quick here. I want to talk about this guy uh, respectfully but also realistically. So as you know, Jimmy Carter is in home hospice, and he pretty much put himself there. He is been, He's been around for a long time. There is in his hometown in Georgia, there's a 13-foot-tall peanut with smiling teeth. Very fam- He was a peanut farmer, and he always had that big toothy smile. You know. So right away, of course, news media, they're already doing stories on Jimmy Carter's legacy before he goes. He's 98 years old. Do you realize that? 98 years old. And I got to admire the guy for still going strong at 98 years old. But I wanted to make sure we got realistically what is good about Carter and bad. Because some people, because he, I'm sorry, I'll say it, because he was such a horrible president, there are those people who do nothing but demonize him. I always looked at, you tell me if you think I'm wrong. I always looked at Jimmy Carter as a decent man, a good man. His brother, Billy, damn. 
wow, his brother Billy had issues. What an embarrassment his brother Billy was. But Jimmy Carter was always a decent, honest man. Church-going guy, lovely wife, raised a good family, successful businessman. He, all around, and when he got done being president, he went off and did all sorts of work for like hospice centers and uh, create a building home, Habitat for Humanity, stuff like that. He was always out there doing something. And when he would show up on site somewhere to build a home for a needy family, he worked because he was raised on a farm. He could operate the tools as well as – And to me, I don't know the difference between a left-handed hammer and a right-handed hammer. I'm always picking them up going, is this a left-handed hammer or a right-handed? I never know. Obviously, he knows his way around the skill saw and everything else. So when he would go out there, there's photographers. It was always a photo shoot to raise awareness for whatever the cause was as they would build that home. And Jimmy Carter would out there be out there actually honestly working, not just doing it for the cameras, but realist, really working. So in that sense, I always looked at him as a good, decent man, but someone I'd be proud to have as a neighbor. Didn't want him to be president. As a president, he was horrible. Uh, came to the Soviet Union. He was basically disarming us against the Soviet Union and China. Man, did he wreck that economy. I mean, damn, did he wreck the economy. There's really not. He tried really hard for peace. I'm sorry to say, as hard as he tried, everything he did failed. Now, right away, when news organizations are talking about Jimmy Carter constantly, as we're getting close to what's probably the end for him, and they love to point out, and he won the Nobel Peace Prize. Well, um, you see, I have a lot of problem with the Nobel Prize Committee. And that's what, remember they gave the Nobel Prize to Barack Obama. He'd only been in office for 11 days. And when asked, why did Obama get the Nobel Peace Prize? We expect him to live up to it. And Obama actually went and accepted the prize. I think he took, there's a million dollars that goes with it. I think, I think he might have donated that million dollars to charity. I'm not sure. But, but Obama acted as if, I, I won the Nobel Peace Prize. No, you didn't. They were trying to give it to you to pressure you into acting a certain way. That's not you winning the prize. And the same went for Jimmy Carter. When they gave Jimmy Carter the Nobel Peace Prize, the Nobel Prize Committee was asked, so why did you give the Nobel Prize to Jimmy Carter? The Prize Committee answered, to protest George Bush's, President Bush's, invasion of Iraq. Okay, hold on again. That's not Jimmy Carter winning the Peace Prize for something Jimmy Carter did. That's giving the Peace Prize to Jimmy Carter to protest the current president. That's not Carter winning the Peace Prize. Yet Carter, of course, accepts it. And to this day, the press is always, oh, well, he won the Nobel Peace Prize. Not really. No, he didn't. Here's Chet and Yoder. Carter isn't the worst... We have had. No, but he he's being outdone by the current president for sure. But this is where I like to make sure if I'm going to talk about someone that I do it as realistically as I can. I'm not trying to take anyone's side here. 
I've always thought of Jimmy Carter as a good, decent man. And he's always done good things for his community. He always has. So I've not... His brother, Billy, I have issues with. Who doesn't? But how in the world did they both come out of the same mom when you think... Really, take a look at what Billy did. For those who don't know Billy Carter, go look it up. Oh, dear God. Here's a good, decent man and his brother, Billy. What the hell? All right, so... Yeah, something seriously went wrong there. I would be, if I was uh, Jimmy Carter's father, I would be looking at mom and looking at the milkman and wondering what happened there because they could not have come from the same DNA. But Jimmy Carter has always been a decent guy. I just never wanted him to be president. And he was, it was a long time before someone became a worse president than Jimmy Carter. That was always the joke. In fact, the current joke is it's a good thing that, that Biden's around. I've heard it recently. When Carter finally does die, he can die knowing that he wasn't the worst president ever because Biden is currently president. Yeah, Carter was really bad in that sense. I just never felt the need to demonize the guy uh, from Cheyenne infidel for life just turn on the radio not sure what it was about but there is no left or right-handed hammer oh there is two <laughs> I was trying to say that I don't know my way around a construction site I got to work a little bit with my dad and we were building the family cabin you know and he showed me some things but I never really knew you know, much about control. I just, it's not something I did. So that's why I was making the joke. I don't know the difference between a left-handed hammer or a right-handed hammer. Okay. So that's where that came from. Just so you know, of all places to tune in. I wonder sometimes when I'm being like sarcastic or satirical and somebody tunes in at just absolutely the wrong time and they're listening to this thinking, the hell is he talking about? <laughs> Carter, I never, uh, DJ and Gillette, I never did say that Carter followed Bush. Uh, I know that, uh, no, but Carter won the Nobel Peace Prize, right, DJ? Carter won the Nobel Peace Prize. And then they asked, why did you give the Peace Prize to Carter? To protest Bush's invasion of Iraq. So Bush was president at the time. But I didn't say that Carter followed Bush. All right. 845, Wake Up Wyoming. Sometimes the best way... Use the chat on the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app and get your opinions straight to the studio with K2 Radio. Forty-eight's the time. Off we go to the icebox. Frank Gambino is waiting by. Sometimes, Frank, it is worthwhile to take something and flip it over and read. You know what, like the, the long instructions they have stapled or glued to something, right? Do you actually read those? <clears throat> Sometimes it's worth it. What have okay. you found? Here is a doormat. Made okay. in the USA, 100%, yada, yada, blah, blah, blah. Out, outdoor, so in front of your front door, right? Right. <clears throat> Warning. Do not use as a projectile. Sudden acceleration to dangerous speeds can cause injury. Are you using it like as a Frisbee? When using mat, follow directions. Here come the directions, right? Put your right foot in. 
put your put right, your right foot, foot out, out, put your right foot about. in, and shake it all about. This mat is not designed to sustain gross weight exceeding twelve thousand pounds. <laughs> well, <laughs> the mat begins to smoke immediately. Seek shelter and cover your head. <laughs> Caution: If coffee spills on mat, assume that it's very hot. This mat is not intended to be used as a placemat. Small food particles trapped in fibers may attract rodents and other vermin. Do not glue mat to porous surfaces such as a pregnant woman, pets, and heavy machinery. When not in use, <laughs> what? When not in use, animals? mat should be kept out of reach of children diagnosed with CFED, compulsive fiber eating disorder. Do not taunt mat. <laughs> Okay. I didn't know that. Uh, yes. We all need fiber. I, I, I understand you know, that. Yeah, part. we do. Yeah. But the sometimes the rug pe- people who have to write stuff like that. Now, I wonder, did, did the guy write that? Did he get approval from the boss or did he, did he do that to see if the boss would even notice? I think he just shoved that in there and just said, yeah. you know what? We got all our legal rear ends covered. Yes. Just let's whatever, just see whatever what happens you got. Here. Here. This is why I, I was never a label reader until stuff like that started popping up. So now and then I pick things up and I turn them over to scan for stuff like that. <laughs> That's interesting. Men's College Hoops is Division One level. The Wyoming Cowboys at home in Laramie tonight to meet the Aggies of Utah State. The Cowboys coming in with all coming off a 75-69 home loss to Air Force last week that featured major offensive and defensive deficiencies. So they are three and eleven in Mountain West Conference play and eight and eighteen overall. Utah State is an NCAA tournament bubble team, and the Aggies are ten and five in league play and twenty-one and seven overall. And Utah State beat Wyoming by twenty earlier this season at Logan. We have seven p.m. start tonight from Laramie. We'll have that for you on K2 Radio in Casper and KCGY in Laramie. Wyoming Cowgirls will host Nevada on Thursday in Laramie and UW's coming off a 12-point road win over San Diego State to improve to 11-5 in Mountain West play, 18-9 overall. Douglas High School grad Allison Furtick was named the Mountain West Conference Player of the Week for the second time this season. She averaged 22 points and 9 rebounds in the last two games against New Mexico and San Diego State and had 24 against New Mexico. Thursday's game against Nevada starts at 6.30 at the Arena Auditorium in Laramie. High school basketball at the 4A level for the boys on Friday. Thunder Basin over Natrona 52-47. Cheyenne Central and Dip Laramie 48-46. On Saturday, Central over South 61-12. Natrona beat Campbell County 54-35. And Riverton defeated Kelly Walsh 55-49. Kelly Walsh is scheduled to host Cody this afternoon at 3 p.m. On the 4A girls side on Friday, Thunder Basin over Natrona 59-34. Central beat Laramie 74-69. On Saturday, Central over South 78-57. Campbell County with two late free throws to beat Natrona, 54-53. Kelly Walsh in overtime over Riverton, 55-45. And KW scheduled the host Cody for the, on girls' play at 1 this afternoon. High school wrestling, the state tournament will start on Thursday at the Ford Center in Casper. The girls will compete on Thursday and Friday, and the boys will go out of Friday and Saturday. The regional tournaments were held over the weekend, and the 4A West boys, Natrona took first, Kelly Walsh third, and Larrabee fifth. Then the 4A boys east, Cheyenne East third, Central fourth, and South fifth. In the 3A east, Burns, Burns slash 
West Pine Bluffs took sixth, and the 2A East Glenrock took fourth. In the indoor track circuit for the Prepsters, the big Simplot Games was held over the weekend in Pocatello, Idaho. The Wyoming contingent had a few champions. The Cheyenne East 4x800 relay team took first. Cheyenne Central Sydney Morrell took the gold medal. In the girls' 1600, Sheridan's Addie Pendergast placed first in the 400, and Sheridan's Nora Butler won the shot put. On the boys' side, Colby Jenks of Pinedale took the 800-meter run. There were over 2,000 athletes from 20 states competing this year at the Simplot Games at Idaho State University. That's it in sports. Here's one. I don't know what the appliance is here, but it says, this appliance is not recommended to the weak, sluggish, mentally uh, laxed, uh, experienced, uh, or lacking experience, common sense, including children. <laughs> That's a blender. Yes. Oh, it is? That's a blender. Oh, it has to be. You Unless cannot... It- operate a blender without full mental capabilities. Yeah, and uh, yeah, you can't be... And I like that you can't be weak or sluggish mentally. No, no, because then everything in the blender turns up all over the place. Yeah, including your fingers. Well, yeah, if you stick your fingers in there, yeah. Thank you, Frank. Coming up on some local business that we have to take care of. We'll go roll into news time after that national local update on that weather forecast. That's important. You and I get back into it again for the final hour of the program. Triple eight ninety seven. It's eight 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 ninety seven. W O O D S. Wake up, Wyoming. Six of time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. Open phones all the way. Triple eight ninety seven Woods. The phone number. That's eight 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 ninety seven W O O D S. Warning. We're sorry, but due to winter conditions, Wyoming is closed. If you are interested in winter recreation or just passing through, we just can't help you right now. Honestly, we're okay with it. Y'all are crazy out there, and we needed a break. It's cold. Okay, let's take a look at those conditions right now. Now, the winter conditions start moving in a little bit later this morning. Some of you listening to me right now, wind? What wind? It's not all that windy out there. Well, for most of Wyoming, it is. There are parts of Wyoming where it really isn't all that windy. But there's other parts of Wyoming where, damn. So we take a look at I-80. And if you're wanting to go from Cheyenne over to Rollins, no. Poor people over there in Rock River, Medicine Bow, and Hannah have been closed in for a while. Muddy Gap and all those exchanges? No. From Rollins West, you can drive, but it's white knuckle. If you're anywhere on I-25, you're driving through crosswinds, which means your nose is slightly pointed to the west as you drive, skidding down the road, fighting those winds. Now, outside of those areas... And that's those are pretty big areas. Uh, there's some areas that are, what wind? There's no wind. Man, well, you're spared it. What gets me is this is a huge area of really heavy winds, even by Wyoming standards, really heavy winds. And yet, if you take a look at the map of the country where the winds are, it's just Wyoming. Everywhere else is kind of nice. I don't know why that area, some old Indian curse. I don't know, but there it is. Okay, so... I mentioned a little while ago, uh, well, last half hour, Jimmy Carter, and I had to have a little bit of fun with Billy Carter. And I did mention 
uh, Billy Carter to Ms. Mary. Do you know who Billy Carter is? Did you know? Okay, so I have some of the history of Billy Carter in front of me, which I'll get to after I get done with Fred in Colorado. Hello, Fred. Good morning, Glenn. Yes, sir. I have two things, if I could, please. Sure. You were talking about making change. Right. I'll tell you the one that really throws them. Let's say the bill is ten dollars and sixty-three cents. Yeah. I give them thirteen cents because I want quarters back. Right. And they look at you like, "What's huh? this all about?" Right. Yeah. Yeah. If they know how to properly count back change, it won't throw them. But no. Well, I grew up. I'm a lot older than you are, and I grew up on an old national cash register. Oh yeah. The manual type, and then I was a banker, and I had tellers, so you had to teach them how to use it. The other thing is, yesterday you were talking about more CO2 in the air. Yeah. Well, Glenn, I have a couple of questions for you, or one question. Do you not like ski resorts, manufacturers of, of winter clothing, snow plows, and snowmobiles? Yeah. Or do you want to have genocide against Eskimos, Inuits, and Salmis, and penguins? Uh, no. See, it's the penguins that I'm after more than anything else. But, no, the deal is I don't want to go to an extreme. It's just that I don't know about Colorado, where you are, but here in Wyoming, we keep getting hit by these sub-zero weather systems that are like the last one. We hit like minus 42. This one won't be that bad. It'll be minus in the teens, like 14, something like that. So I think we need a little bit of global warming. And so I want to pump more CO2 in the air because they swear to us that all of the CO2 is going to cause warming. I'm waiting for that to happen. Well, I live in northern Colorado, so I'm pretty close to the border of Wyoming. But, you know, you like to play that little tune, Blame Canada. Yeah. I'm going to alter it because I'm going to blame Wyoming because if it wasn't for you guys letting it come through, we wouldn't get blasted here. Oh, okay. So it's all <laughs> our fault, huh? Oh, okay. Yeah, well, you put it where you can get away with it. Yeah. But otherwise, I, 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 I'm kind of giving you a little... Well, little I'm going to give you some grief on something. We were uh, having a hard time here in Wyoming because someone left the Western Gate open and California seeked into Jackson Hole. Well, for those people who are living in places like Cheyenne and Laramie, you folks in Colorado are letting all of those liberals move up to get away from your taxes. Now, that's on you. Well, I, I won't disagree with you because yeah. I think you're absolutely correct. But we tried to keep them out of Colorado. This is no joke. We used to have a bumper sticker here. Yeah. It said, don't Californicate Colorado. Yes, uh, yeah. <laughs> Please. <laughs> well, I, I just wanted to check on your attitude about uh, too much CO2. Yeah. All right. Thanks for calling. Day, Fred in Colorado calling. All right, 888 Woods, the phone number. I'm already getting people. Yeah, Grandpa Rich says weather-wise normal here. Hang on, Grandpa. It's not going to stay that way. He's not getting a lot of winds, but where I'm at, oh, yeah. It moved the dumpster in the back of the radio studios here. Moved it across the alley. Yeah. Jim and Laramie, I remember Billy Beer. Here's the Billy Carter story. So Jimmy Carter, who, as I said, I mean, wow, what a horrible president. I mean, seriously, a naive man and just a horrible president. But I will never say that Jimmy Carter was a bad man. I Honestly, I'll pick on him for being president, but he's a good man. Always was a polite, hardworking, giving man, good father, good husband. And that I don't have a problem. So when he became president, everybody's looking at the... White House and President Carter just was sworn in. We're all going, oh, gosh, by golly. And they're all so happy about Jimmy Carter. What a neato guy. Then comes Billy. 
<laughs> born with his brother Plains, Georgia. A peanut farmer like his brother, Billy Carter, filling station. He had a gas station in Plains, Georgia. Billy delighted in embellishing his image as a beer-drinking good old boy. He turned his celebrity status as the president's brother to his advantage by hiring an agent and making public appearances for $5,000 a pop. He also sold his name to a brewing company that marketed a very short-lived Billy Beer. His behavior shred a dark cloud over the White House. I remember even back there in 1978, the president going, oh, God, every time Billy hit the news again. 1978, when he became an apologist for Libya, 1980, evidence came to light that he would, uh, agreed under protest to register as a Libyan agent and admit, yes, he did, and admitted to receiving $220,000 from the government of Libya and Muammar Gaddafi to try to get in with the White House and his brother. That caused Senate Judiciary Committee hearings. Turns out he had no influence on U.S. policy whatsoever because the guy was basically an idiot and an embarrassment to the president, just a complete embarrassment to the president, who nonetheless refused to distance himself from his irresponsible idiot younger brother who owned the gas station. In 1991, Billy Carter was forced to sell his plane's property, including his gas station, to pay federal taxes to satisfy local bankers as well. After his home was auctioned, Carter moved to his family, his family to uh, Haleyville, Alabama. Yeah, guy like that should be in Alabama. As I often say, Alabama is the only state that Arkansas is allowed to make fun of. Joined Tidwell Industries as a sales representative in 1985. While serving as vice president of Scott Housing Systems, he entered a guilty plea on behalf of the company on charges that he participated in padding invoices. company was fined $10,000, and he was ordered to make restitution to the Veterans Administration. Carter suffered pancreatic cancer a year before his death. So here you have, like I said, Jimmy Carter, horrible, horrible president, but a good, decent, honest man. Then there's his brother, Billy. <laughs> Skip is in Rock River. Uh, oh, well, let me go ahead and open up your messenger, Skip, so I can see the uh, whole thing. And oh, my Lord. Rock River yesterday. Okay. Skip in Rock River just used the Wake Up Wyoming app to send me a picture, which you can do. When you open up the Wake Up Wyoming app, you hit chat, you can send me pictures, links, text messages, right? Man, there's some snow piled high. There. You got some wind blowing around. There is snow drift. And it's a, like a shed or an outbuilding here that looks almost completely buried. Well, let me tell you, Skip, you guys have had a, a lot of wind there today. And when this storm comes through, do me a favor. When the storm gets done blowing through, send me another picture. 9-15, Wake Up Wyoming. Than a new case of measles. Wake up, Wyoming, with Glenn Woods, live on AM 1030 and the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app. Times 921. Wake up, Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. All right. Triple eight ninety seven Woods, the phone number, 888-97-W-O-O-D-S. Article I found, American Thinker. The EPA has no credibility. Duh. Oh, wow. Now, I'd say that to the author, but, you know, I think we all knew that. Maybe there are some people who don't know that the EPA has no credibility. 
EPA Administrator Michael Reagan insists that air and water in East Palestine, Ohio, is safe following the Norfolk Southern train derailment February 3rd, but should anyone believe him? And I think I know where this is going because I look at this and think, yeah, but we were told our gas stoves in our home are dangerous. But that train derailment, that's fine. 2016, Christine Todd Whitman, who was head of the EPA under President George W. Bush, at the time, 9-11 attacks issued an apology for having falsely asserted the air quality in New York City was safe following the 9-11 attacks. We all know what happened to a lot of people with all of the lung problems they had later. In the days following the collapse of the Twin Towers, which sent dangerous plumes of debris and toxins into the air over Manhattan, Whitman issued a statement assuring New Yorkers they had nothing to fear. Quote, I'm glad to reassure the people of New York that their air is safe to breathe and their water is safe to drink, she said in a statement at the time. Women's assurance in 2001, of course, based on information that government scientists, does this sound familiar, that government scientists were telling her. Yeah, the government scientists said the air's fine, the water's fine, they're good. The good news continues to be the air samples that we've taken have all been at levels that cause no concern, she said at the time. Even while Whitman acknowledged but it was known that asbestos, lead, and other toxins had been released into the air after, well, after 9-11. She maintained that beyond the immediate vicinity, the air did not pose any public hazard. Again, we know now that is very wrong. Fifteen years later, Whitman did a 180 from the Guardian newspaper. I'm very sorry that people are sick, she said. I'm very sorry that people are dying, and if the EPA and I in any way contributed to that, I am sorry. We did the very best we could at the time with the knowledge we had. Is that supposed to restore public trust? Does that soothe the pain of the thousands of families whose loved ones suffered, even died, respiratory illnesses, cancer because of breathing in all the toxins in Manhattan under the false assumption that it was clean because... Government scientists said so. Since the EPA's failure to accurately assure of air quality in 2001, another government organization has been outed as lying to the American people. Prior to the latest ecological disaster, East Palestine, Ohio, the Center for Disease Control and Prevention got their entire COVID response wrong. Now, this article goes through the whole COVID thing. You know how that worked. That whole COVID thing was a disaster. So much of what you were told was wrong. So let's go back to East Palestine, visibly uh, contaminated, obviously. Residents have experienced illness, dead fish, pets, fowl, livestock. But the EPA says everything is okay. Officials mock residents for expressing hesitation to live there. Neither organization, the EPA or the CDC, has shared any credit. Well, they don't have any credibility now, as far as I'm concerned. How could these government agencies and scientists, the story says, get it so wrong? And whose interests are they protecting? Certainly not the American people who suffered needlessly because of their mistakes. Confidence Whitman expressed back in 2001, the story says, are eerily similar to what's happening right now. Is this the trust the science 
that we're supposed to believe. We're always told, trust the science. Yeah? Where has that gotten us so far? So what is the so-called science the EPA or even the CDC continues to trust? Is it the science that science has proven to be thoroughly inaccurate? The so-called science 2001, the air was flying back then. I even go back to Colorado when they had that whole, you remember it was a former gold mine. And the EPA showed up and made the situation so bad it polluted heavily through several states by the time they were done. That was your EPA for you. The agency's air quality measurements, the story says, seem to be sound as their climate science predictions are sound, right? Yeah, well, the same when it comes to, well, trust the science and trust what your government's telling you, like this whole cult of climate change thing. Well, I continue to read on the air how many times they make predictions about disastrous things that are going to happen, then they don't happen in the cults of climate change. The same people are telling us to have anxiety attacks over climate predictions, which fail to materialize, tell us not to be anxious about toxic chemicals in the air and water. Both scientific climate predictions and the clean water have been proven to be just flat out false, lies, whatever you want to call them. Comparison of reality experience observed by residents in Palestine, Ohio, which is been prompted by the EPA and its contradictory statements at times. How can the same EPA that got us so wrong back in 2001, so wrong on COVID, so wrong on the climate science, et cetera, et cetera, how do we believe them now with this? The author says the EPA is very, at very best, has a history of lies, lies which have gotten Americans killed, and their knowledge isn't knowledge at all, it's ignorance. Why should anyone trust the EPA? I understand what the author is saying. <clears throat> There's very uh, few cases where I do trust the EPA, especially when they became activists. Well, if, one of the examples, I remember helping out on this, was in western Wyoming when a guy's a welder and he has some animals and he opened up a stock pond which actually was done in accordance with all Wyoming environmental standards approved by the state of Wyoming. His stock pond actually made the water downstream cleaner the way he set it up. It's brilliant. It was beautiful, too. And then the EPA shows up and demands he dismantle it because they say he's doing damage to the environment. Someone just showed up on the site and started inventing science that didn't exist, inventing finds. That was a whole battle until the EPA finally caved. No, I don't think they have any credibility at this point. Coming up on 930s, so we got local news coming your way. Update on that weather forecast right after that. Nice segment of open phones. Triple Eight Ninety Seven Woods is the phone number. So I got another from Grandpa Rich, another one from Chet and Yoder, Terry Gal, and Fort Collins. I'll read your note during the break and get back. But these people are sending me text messages using the Wake Up Wyoming app. What you can do: open up the app, you'll see a toolbar across the middle. Hit chat, send me a text message. It's Wake Up Wyoming. This is Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods on K2 Radio. Join the conversation at 888-97-WOODS.
9.36 the time. Wake up, Wyoming. All right, as we get into the weather, I know we've already been through a lot of wind and uh, more weather is coming. And then, yeah, temperatures tonight do drop rudely cold. More wind, lots of snow. Some of you are going to get a good amount of snow. Some of you are going to get lots of snow. So we'll be monitoring that. And besides your local radio station, if you haven't already, download the Wake Up Wyoming app and just keep it on your phone. And you can go ahead and turn on and off alerts. If you have the alerts on, we have weather, news, traffic, you know, all these things that you're going to need. So if something's really going on, you get a little beep from us, and there's the alert so you can know what's going on. And that's one of the main ways to communicate today is as soon as we know it, and we can go ahead and quickly get the story up, and it's just beep alerted to you on your phone. There it is. All of that's free, by the way. Just go to your app store, wake up, and we boom, done. There it is. So real quick, and what I was saying just a moment ago, that was a good story from American Thinker on the EPA and why they just have no credibility, none, and why people like me, I just don't trust them. So when I hear people say, well, trust the science, I like what a I'm forgetting which one it was. It was a physicist I quoted a few years ago on his program. Trust the science. There is no such thing as the science, he said. Plus, science is always questioning. And if you think about what did we know just a few hundred years ago, even just 100 years ago, just 50 years ago, and what do we know today? And so what we think of as the science is constantly changing and evolving as we get new information. So the idea, well, just trust it and believe it. Why? We keep getting new information and we keep learning new things. And when it comes to government science, they're constantly getting it wrong. Oftentimes, it comes with an agenda. It does. It, government science often comes with an agenda. Also, follow the money when it comes to government science. And how many times have they told you stuff that either you found out later they were just naive about wrong about, incompetent about, or they lied about it. And so I am proud to say I am one of these people that, no, I don't trust. I like science. If you look at what I do, this is geeky, nerdy, I know. So when I get off of here and I go home, and I finally do relax because I'm always working on something, but I like to read books on and also watch videos from astronomers on astronomy, you know, physics in general, but also geology, you know, things like this. I love stuff like this. It's just so interesting to read and learn. And I love all of the things that just in my lifetime we've discovered. But as I read and learn these things, I also notice that whatever the field is, doesn't matter what the field is, the scientists in that field are always saying, our current understanding is this. Currently, we believe the following because they understand as more information comes in over time, they might have to rewrite their idea of how something works, why something exists. When they look at something in nature, why is it doing that? Well, we believe it's doing what it's doing because of 10 years down the road. Never mind. We found out something new. Now we think it's doing what it's doing because, see, that's science, constantly questioning, constantly evolving. So the idea of, well, trust your government, I'm sorry, they ran me out of trust a long time ago. Don't believe them. So I hear people on occasion will point to folks like you and me. You're a science denier. No, not at all. But I do have trust issues for very good reason. 
especially trust issues with people who are constantly found to be incompetent, naive, ignorant, lying. So, no, I have serious questions about them. And, yeah, I will be one who sits here in questions and doesn't always do what they recommend. There's the next thing. Oftentimes, they recommend a course of action. And I'll look at it and go, you know, I don't think I'm going to take your advice. Why? You have to do what we say because we're the authorities. Yeah, but you're constantly getting it wrong. I don't know why you think... Why do we, and this is something I always have to question, when when people are looking for government solutions to all of their problems, I have to keep asking them, why do you continue to trust these losers and, and these corrupt, inept losers? Why do you just continue to trust them and look for them, not just for guidance, but you, you want them to tell you what to do and you're going to comply? Why? Again, they lie, they're inept, they're corrupt, they're ignorant. And yet we can, so many people, well, they said, so it's got to be true. So by gosh, got to follow the science on this. I'm sorry, but I have my doubts. And so I'll tend to step back and wait and get more information. And this is one of the things I like about being a free person is I get to make my own decision. There's times when I look and say, you know, government actually has it right on this one. That's a good idea. That's rare, actually. Most of the time, you know, I don't think I'll do that. I'm going to try to find my own solution, and I might blow it. But if I blow, if I make a wrong decision, it's mine to make. And I can go ahead and look at myself and say, I blew it. Somebody didn't order me, and it turned out disastrous. I blew it because I made a decision. But trust me, whatever decision I make, it's going to be well thought out in my own best interest. Meaning I'll take more time to figure out what's best for me than someone who doesn't even know me. 942, Wake Up Wyoming. Waking Up is Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods on K2 Radio. Be part of the show at 888-97-WOODS. Nine forty-eight is the time. Wake up, Wyoming. Off to the icebox we go. Frank Gambino waiting by. Frank, I'm assuming where you live, you don't have to shovel snow, right? No, yeah, they okay. had. You know what? You have one of those deals where you have to pay. Okay. All right. Now I'm just curious because there's different kinds of philosophies on shoveling snow. Some people during the course of a storm, like we're going to have overnight here, will go out and shovel occasionally to try to keep it. Low. Oh no, I, right. I I I I agree totally. I mean, especially yeah. if you're older, you know, like, like my no. mother when she no. was still alive. I mean, she'd be out there at two in the morning, yeah, shoveling. You know, only when they had like you know two or three inches yeah. to keep up. Yeah, you know, because you're going to get another three, yep. and then you got to do that, and, and then another, three. and then the wind blows, and everything you just did was all filled in. Right, I've seen right. that too. Okay, so I'm the kind of guy who you know when the snow stops and when the wind stops blowing. Then I'll go out there and open up a hole. That could be weeks. Uh, yes. So? So you're I mean, the guy I, who... I mean, do... you're the only one who's got to go in, you know, in and yeah. out of your house. You know? Right, yeah. However, if you have a house and you have sidewalks, uh -huh. you better have those shoveled. Okay. Because if so, somebody slips on your sidewalk, they will sue you. Okay, now what I do in that case is after the snow is done, my neighbor has hired a guy to come over and do her driveway and the sidewalks. 
And as he's heading down toward my mailbox, he looks over toward my house. Yep. My hand is sticking out through the front door <laughs> with, and I mean this literally, cash in it. Yeah. And that attracts him toward, it's like a magnet. And he walks right up my sidewalk, pushing that snowblower, grabs the cash, says thank you, turns around and walks back toward the mailbox. And does your walks. That's it. Wow. No, I mean, yeah, see, now in the back, my driveway is actually in the back of the house with one of those back um, alley right, yeah. driveway. Mm-hmm. And there's no getting in and out of there. And I just say, forget it. I park out front. But this guy will come over. Yes. In every snowstorm. Yes. I just wait until my neighbor gives him a call. I can hear him out there. <laughs> and I just sit there with a little bit of cash in my hands waiting for him to head toward my mailbox. He knows. He yeah. knows. And as soon as he gets to my mailbox, he looks to his right, and there's that cash waving in the air, and he walks over and grabs it. There. That's the smell of money, of by the way. Yeah. It smells, yeah. too. It, I think it probably does, yeah. But no, I'm not one of... So you're one of those who keeps up during the course of the storm. Well, what I used to. Now, it's yeah. like whenever they, they show up. When they show up, that, that works for me. Yeah, it works for me, too. Men's college basketball, the Division One level, the Wyoming Cowboys will be at home tonight to meet Utah State in Laramie. The Cowboys are coming off a 75-69 home loss to Air Force, which features some major offensive and defensive deficiencies. So the Pokes at this point sit at 3-11 and in Mountain West play, 8-18 and overall. Utah State is an NCAA tournament bubble team. Aggies are 10-5 and in league play, 21-7 and overall. And Utah State beat Wyoming by 20 earlier this season in Logan. 7 p.m. tip from Laramie tonight. We'll have that for you on KG Radio and Cal. And KCGY in Larrabee. The Wyoming Cowgirls will host Nevada on Thursday in Larrabee. UW coming off a nice 12 point road win over San Diego State to improve to 11 5 in Mountain West play, 18 9 overall. Douglas High School grad Allison Furtick was named the Mountain West Conference Player of the Week for the second time this season. She averaged 22 points and 9 rebounds in their last two games. Thursday's contest against Nevada will start at 6 30 at the AA in Larrabee. Uh, Larrabee. For a high school basketball from over the weekend, first on the boys' side, first on Friday. Thunder Basin over Natrona. 52-47. Cheyenne Central nip Laramie 48-46. On Saturday, Cheyenne Central over Cheyenne South 61-12. Natrona beat Campbell County 54-35 and Riverton defeated Kelly Walsh 55-49. Kelly Walsh is scheduled to host Cody this afternoon at 3 p.m. On the 4A girls side from Friday, Thunder Basin over Natrona 59-34. Cheyenne Central beat Laramie 74-69. On Saturday, Central over South 78-57. Campbell County with two late free throws to beat Natrona 54-53. Kelly Walsh in overtime over Riverton 55-45 and KW is scheduled to host Cody and girls play at 1 p.m. this afternoon. In high school wrestling, the state tournament will start on Thursday at the Ford Center in Casper. The girls will compete on Thursday and Friday and the boys will go at it on Friday and Saturday. The regional tournaments were held over the weekend. In the 4A West boys, Natrona took first, Kelly Walsh third, Laramie fifth. In the 4A boys East, Chinese third, Central fourth, and South fifth. In the three A East, Burns Pine Bluffs took sixth, and in the two A East, Glenrock took fourth. At the indoor track on the indoor track circuit for the Prepsters, the big Simplot games were held over the weekend in Pocatello, Idaho. The Wyoming contingent had a few champions in this meet. The Cheyenne's four by eight hundred meter relay team took the gold medal. Cheyenne Central Sydney Morell took gold in the girls sixteen hundred. Sheridan's Eddie Pendergast placed first in the four hundred. Sheridan's Nora Butler won the shot put on the boys' side. Colby Jenks of Pinedale won the eight hundred. There are over two thousand athletes from 20 states competing this year at the Simplot Games at Idaho State University. That's it in sports. Now, of course, I'm asking you about snow removal and so on. You and I are living in a town. Well, there's a lot of Wyoming people, as you know, that live way out. 
you need a front loader. Yes, they're, they're just good. Or, or you all co- you know combine uh-huh. to either buy one or rent one, yeah. and you do everybody as far as you can get the thing on right. as much I, gas as you got. Plenty of people, they know, well, it's that time of year, time to hook the plow up to the front of the pickup truck. That, uh, that's another one, yeah. Yeah, they just, they just know that's it. Now, I doubt, because you've seen this, you've looked down a long gravel road, you can't see the gravel anymore, Right. and there's a farmhouse way out there, and they haven't even bothered. They're probably plowing between their buildings. But not to the road. No, they don't care. They're stocked up. Yeah, well, good. Yeah. Does Walmart deliver out there? That's it. Well, no, not at all. They, Ooh. no. But they're all stocked up. They know what to do. They stocked up. They went to Sam's Club long before yeah, winter yeah, hit. Yeah, yeah they, they're ready for the whole thing. All right. Job. Thank you, Frank. Coming up on some local business we have to take care of. At Rollins News Time, national local update on the weather forecast. Wake up, Wyoming. Daddy, 11.